The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Tired of diesel buses? Want more cycle lanes or bus lanes? Which projects do you want Auckland Transport to work on first? They need your opinion. So head to haveyoursay.at.govt.nz forward slash RLTP to do just that. Consultation closes on 17 June. Get in quick. This is Gone by Lunchtime. My name is Toby Manhar and welcome to the new New Zealand Aotearoa under the leadership of Simon Bridges, the National Party under the leadership of Simon Bridges. Do you feel different, Ben Thomas? I feel triumphal. Do you feel different, Annabelle Lee? I feel like a bridge over troubled waters. I don't know the rest of that song, but I think it's good. It's uplifting. I didn't have a bridge pun. Um, would you like to go away and get one? Fuck yeah, can we just stop recording for about 10 minutes while I workshop some ideas? We'll burn that bridges when we get to him. The... You guys are making me look terrible. Um, Did you hear my vibrato? I'm, I'm in good voice today. <laughs> when me here, Rose is here too. Kia ora, when me here. Kia ora. She's Kia ora, Uncle Toby. cross because she's been at a budget meeting. Mm. She, well, she's not happy. Um, Alice is here too, producing... Hi, Alice. She doesn't have a microphone, so you can't hear her, but we're very grateful to her for looking after us. And um, Simon Bridges, not a huge surprise. It looked like Amy Adams might edge it at the 11th hour, but Bridges came through. Very good point. Well said. Wamehia Rose is joining in the chorus on the Whale Oil comments section. Yeah. Un- unhappy with <laughs> Judith Collins' failed a, tilt. A, a dirge. A dirge. <laughs> The, the whale oil comments are um, an interesting read. Um, there is a lot of uh, quite funereal tone there. Yeah. Well, an angry funeral. I mean, pretty, pretty strong performance. You know, we, we knew that Bridges and Adams were about, you know, 20 votes or so each. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently the ballot went to two rounds. Yes. So that means our, the, the first person to drop out, which would have been either Joyce or Collins, wouldn't have had that many votes, you know, as, mm. as the fourth ranked. Mm. Um, and, and then it only took those votes to tip Bridges over the top. Mm. So obviously Bridges and Colin, uh, sorry, Collins and Joyce between the two of them must have had very few votes. Um, so pretty, pretty strong performance from Bridges in the. So vote. he must have been, he must have been nearly there, right? Yeah, yeah, like right on the edge. Um, and Mark Mitchell, of course, who had been the fifth candidate, uh, appears to have withdrawn just before the caucus meeting yesterday, although there was some confusion around that. Um, but really, who cares? Um, the, the, the Simon Bridges, is he the generational change that we're waiting for, Annabelle Lee? We're Gen Xers have got it now, right? We've got it. But it's all about us. Yeah. Um, I think to look at symbolically, perhaps he represents generational change. But I think if um, if you were to look back at his voting record, perhaps not. Um, I think he voted against um, the amendment to uh, the amendment to the um, laws around abortion. He he voted against marriage equality. Mm. 
And, um, and so I think to a, to a generation of New Zealanders, although he may look like change, he may not necessarily represent it because he, has, he does have quite conservative views. But certainly in terms of being a Māori, the first Māori to lead a major party, that's, that's pretty symbolic. And I imagine for the, the, um, you know, the Esquires and the, the Pearl clasping brigade of Rimuera having the National Party led by two Māori working-class Māori from West Auckland um, must be quite horrific. Um, well, I, I just I just want to stop you there, Annabelle. Um, I, I dipped into Twitter yesterday. Uh, to, to dipped ha- into Twitter. To, uh, yes, he dipped in. You so can't dip in, Ben. You're either in Twitter or you're out. Reeds, you've got to start your... Just your, one your, I am. I, I, was on, I was only... He thought he was out and they dragged him back <laughs> in. Again. I was only three-sixteenths in Twitter. Um, I... There, 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 there was some that is pretty oblique joke. You're going to have to explain. We, we can, yeah. There, there was, there was quite a bit of um, outrage in in the kind of fringe Twitter left um, about Simon Bridges' narrative, which he repeated a few times about you know being a working class uh, boy from West Auckland, um, you know, and and the first Maori leader of the National Party. And people started sticking in the boot and, and, and saying, well, you know, oh, he's only recently discovered his whakapapa, or oh, he's never made a big deal of being Māori before, and, you know, what's what's he doing? Which is, I mean, that, that's not how whakapapa works, I think, you know. No, it's, it's, not. it's Can I? Can I? Right. And, and how many people on Twitter um, ask um, um, Julianne Genta what her percentage, her genetic percentage of New Zealander is? No one does. Can I just but when you're Māori, somehow um, blood quantum comes into it. Although, you know, um, Simon may not be particularly strong in terms of te ao Māori and tikanga and those sorts of things. He is undoubtedly Māori. He is a descendant of Ngāti Maniapoto. He is a nephew of Koro Wetere. Um, he knows his marae. He knows where he's from. And I think for um, non-Māori in particular to comment on his newfound Māori tanga is... Um, is, is on the nose and unhelpful. Counterpoint um, from News Talk ZB's Barry Soper. Um, seeing as you haven't read it, Annabelle, I'd like to watch your face while I read it to you. Bridges' generational change then is about as solid as his claims to his Māori heritage and that of his deputy, neither of whom have made much of it in their rise up through the ranks. Not altogether surprising considering their new leader is just three sixteenths Māori and Bennett's grandmother was half Māori. <laughs> I just don't know. That that sort of commentary just has no place in a publication like the Herald. It doesn't. It's not for people like Barry Soper to be making judgments on um, on the the cultural aptitude of Paula or Simon. That's for Māori to do. Um, and the whole blood quantum argument is just deeply offensive. I mean, the the whole argument seems to have taken this weird turn whereby, you know, it's sort of ranking people um, in terms of, you know, how badly, you know, in a sense, their their family line has suffered from the effects of colonisation. Exactly. That's and in the terms of how alienated of from their culture they are. Exactly. Now, we colonised you so good you don't get to have a say anymore about being Māori. Yeah, it's, I mean, there, there are legions of young urban Māori voters out there who you know are not you know strongly connected um, to Te Ao Māori, um, and 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 to sort of you know write, write that off as you know as, as not part of Māoridom seems insane. 
Um, and now, having having said all of that, um, I hope that given um, Simon is referencing his um, his illustrious Papa Māori, and it is, that, um, that he also um, makes an effort in terms of reo and tikanga because it is, an, you know, it is incredibly symbolic to have a Māori leading the National Party. So I hope that he makes an effort in those areas and that perhaps we see some policies coming out that will benefit Māori. If, if I could just jump in, because I, I thought it was interesting what you were saying about the social... Um, you know, his social policies. He's a social conservative. Mm. Um, he's a Tory, right? He's from the National Party. They're a conservative party. I thought it was really interesting, some of the discussion prior to the um, the ballot, where they were sort of saying, well, Amy Adams is the sort of more socially liberal face of the National Party. Simon Bridges is the more socially conservative. But when you actually ask them about things like cannabis law reform, abortion, um, you know, they say the exact same things. I mean, they're a conservative party. Mm. Conservatives will always think that what we have in terms of social law and reform is, is about right, but we shouldn't go any further. But the thing about the campaign for the leader as far as it played out in public was that none of them really said anything apart from Judith Collins who made a difference by saying something. I swear, and I meant to do this exercise but I didn't get around to it, if you had transcribed what Simon Bridges said and what Amy Adams said and written them down, you would not have, they both said, oh, I want to be a blend of urban and rural. I want to, they both use this word blend. It's the same stuff. I mean, what they were the, both avoiding talking about policy. They are, oh, we yeah. need to defer to our caucus. We don't want to talk about personality. We don't <laughs> want to talk about any fucking thing at all. We just want to appear and then people will vote on who they think is best place. Yeah, and, and part of that is because of the different way that uh, Labour and national elect leaders, so Labour elects its leader, you know, apart from close to an election when they appointed Jacinda Ardern, they go out to the membership. Um, national doesn't do that, it's just their caucus members. So Judith Collins actually rattled a few cages by sort of going over the top of her colleagues and trying to get the party members and the public to pressure their MPs to vote for her. She was very successful in that, I think. Um, she was sort of probably the public national party choice. Um, but at the same time, it didn't endear her to her colleagues, um, whereas Bridges and Adams were a lot more sort of careful about that. There, there were sort of coded signals in there. I think that Bridges was sending a message much more so that he kind of wanted to move on from the, the John Key, Bill English, Stephen Joyce-dominated era, mm. and that there was a bit more room for a bit of an overhaul um, so I, I don't think that they were identical candidates, um, but but I think you're right. Uh, they they weren't sort of giving away a lot. I think um, critically where Judith failed as well is from preventing Don Brash from publicly endorsing her on Radio <laughs> New Zealand, <laughs> which in my view was probably the kiss the, of death. The, 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 the accursed endorsements, mm. like well, Julia and Genta, we might come to you later being endorsed by Mike Hosking if she wasn't already struggling. That's the end of that. Good night. Um, what does Simon Bridges do with the other contenders? Um, you know, we've got Stephen Joyce, who is looking like he's not going to be finance spokesperson under Simon yeah. Bridges. What, what did Bridges Judith say? Collins. He said he'd get a strong... He, he would like Joyce to take on a strong role if he wanted it, which suggests that he might be offered a strong role that he doesn't want. Right. In the same way that, um, you know, Bill English... I th uh, sorry, um, John Key offered Dom Brash after he toppled him uh, education. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, of course, Brash... Was it even tertiary education? Tertiary maybe. education, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, um, but, but, but you can... You, I mean, it is a tricky one because obviously Joyce holds a lot of uh, institutional memory in terms of the strategy and all that sort of stuff. But 
um, Amy Adams maybe will be that will maybe Bridges will offer Amy Adams the finance shadow portfolio. There's a couple of strong contenders for finance, you know, who really w- want to put their hands up for it. Amy Adams obviously mounted a strong leadership bid, so she would probably think that she, you know she has some claim on the finance portfolio, uh, particularly if Bridges wants to kind of unify the caucus. Judith Collins, um, you know, she was much more open, I think, in her campaign that she thought she had been underutilized as a sort of law and order heavy, and that actually she's got a master's degree in tax law. Um, she's actually very astute in that kind of finance area, and she would like an opportunity to do a bit more of that. But would the theory be that just 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 briefly, would the theory be that that Judith had done some kind of deal whereby she handed whatever supporters she had over in the next round in exchange for a nod and a wink and a I, I, don't, I don't think that they I don't think the two um, losing you know the two, the two weakest candidates probably had it if you actually split the numbers out it they doesn't have look enough like to, they had enough well votes they had the really crucial votes deal. they could do it by definition um, no I, I don't think any deal would have been done in that fashion because of course you, you don't have time to do the deal in the caucus room right um, but what I th- but but I think Judith Judith Collins has staked a really strong claim to it. What she showed over that campaign is, you know, is that she is still an extremely adept public performer. Um, and if you look at her career, she's always performed strongly. The big hiccup was that Oravita scandal. Um, so you think if she can put that behind her, and she, you know, as an opposition member, you're just not held to account in the same way a minister is. You know, she could do real damage to Labour. Um, and and we've got to remember that of all the, you know. A lot of a lot of attention is focused on about four or five Labour MPs: David Parker, Andrew Little, Chris Hipkins, Grant Robertson, and the Prime Minister. Um, Robertson is the guy who has probably got the biggest gap between where he is and what he needs to learn in his role. Um, and I would think that you would put probably your best attack dog against him. I'm curious to see how um, how it plays out with the public in terms of um, Bridges saying that he is going to be an aggressive um, leader of opposition and and really take it to Ardern. Because, you know, people say that being the leader of the opposition is the worst job in Parliament, but I don't actually agree because I think that, you know, you get to run attacks, but you don't have to, you're not held accountable for anything. You're not really expected to get runs on the board or to... Um, bring policy to fruition or any of that so, but the challenge for him is that he's you know like she she genuinely is a phenomenon and so how will how will aggressive attacks on her be received by the public it'll be interesting to see whether or not um, it goes down well or it doesn't and I can't help but think that in that regard Amy Adams would have perhaps been um, um, in a better position to um, to lead aggressively against Ardern without um, being potentially seen as overly aggressive or cold-hearted or cruel or, you know, picking on this um, pregnant, young, yeah. there's, attractive... There's some sense in which he will want other people to do that for him. And I guess that that could be again an argument for Collins is mm. that he can sort of stay a bit of a 
stay sort of unblemished without going for Although he went jungle. at her yesterday, though, didn't he? Or was it the day before that he had a good crack at her? And... Yeah, but it was very much about the it was very much about the regional development fund rather mm. than it didn't seem in any way ad hominem or personal to me. And, but I mean, I think the thing to remember is that these two, you know, they've really come through the age grades together. Yeah. They, they became MPs at the same time. They were the two young guns on yeah. Breakfast TV. They've spent a lot of time debating each other and, and opposing each other. And so I think Simon, you know, I, I think he's a bit more comfortable in that role than Bill English and Stephen Joyce were during the election, mm. where they really, you know, there was this sense that they really just didn't know how to handle mm. her at all. Mm. You know, whether they were overstepping the mark by being too aggressive, whether they came across as sort of patronizing old men. Um, and, and as and, soon as you're thinking that before you speak, absolutely. then you're struggling, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, the other, the other, the other, in a way, the biggest surprise of all is Paula Bennett is the is the deputy leader of the National Party. Given that we were led to believe um, that the that the vultures were circling in terms of the leadership and the main cause of upset was Paula Bennett's performance as deputy leader, then she's the one who stays in place. Um, I think the the suggestion is that the only challenge came from a self-nominating <laughs> Judith Collins, I think. Um, yeah. But that means you can get her on the hooey uh, soon. Oh, You're wonderful. One of your yeah, fav- yeah, favorite, yeah, um, yeah. Favorite guests? Yeah. Annabelle? Maybe we should come on with Simon and have both of them. That'd be great. Um, yeah, I, I was surprised to see that, um, to see that she had um, survived as uh, deputy leader, as I'm sure many others were. Um, I would be surprised if um, she's still deputy leader come the election. And I, I wonder if there's some diplomacy going on in regards to her role. Um, but for me, the most interesting deputy leadership issue this week, of course, has been, can you say his name? Tabutau? Fletcher Tabutau. Fletcher Tabutau. Fletcher Construction, we call Fletcher, yeah, him. And I, I mean... Uh, Who is he? Uh, well, what concerns me is that this early into, you know, what's been described as a, you know, somewhat tenuous... Um, coalition arrangement that there's someone so ambitious that so early on you would um, roll Ron Mark um, and uh, I wonder if Jacinda is keeping a close eye on um, goings on there because to be having leadership reshuffles like you know three four months in or how old is this baby five months in from an election um, is interesting isn't it and Ron Mark himself hadn't been there that long. I mean, it was Tracy Martin 20 minutes before that. So it yeah. sort of feels... I, 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 I haven't a clue. Tell us, Ben, as someone so close to the inner workings of the New Zealand First Party and Winston Peters' psychology, is it Winston Peters that's sort of running all of this? Um, yes. Or is there, actual, is there actual discussion and democracy within the New Zealand First caucus? There has been a lot more internal democracy in New Zealand first over the past, you know, probably term and term and a little bit. Mm. Um, Ron Mark, you know, I think the understanding was that Ron Mark's overthrow of Tracy Martin was very much orchestrated by Ron Mark. Mm. Um, Fletcher Taberto's uh, overthrow of Ron Mark was very much orchestrated by Winston Peters. Uh, Fletcher is his sort of golden-haired boy. Um, and, and, you know, whether you want to draw a correlation between that and the number of sort of leaks about Ron Mark and medals <laughs> in the early days of this government, you know, who knows. But Who knows, listeners and lawyers? None of us know. 
Um, <laughs> um, because yeah, I mean, uh, Ron Mark is the defence minister, right? He's no, yeah. he's no. Is it no veteran affairs and defence? I think he has. Um, so it's, it, it is. I mean, the, the, it was overshadowed by the um, transformation in the country with some bridges, but um, yeah. Do you think that? Of, I imagine that was very purposely done as well. I, yes, I, th- I think so. <clears throat> um, you know, last last week the bombshell news came out that Winston Peters had been uh, re-elected as leader of New Zealand First, and then and, and it was sort of, they buried the lead down the bottom was there'll be an election for deputy the same day that National appoints its new leader. Um, so yes, they, it was very much submerged under that. Um, Fletch Tabato, bright guy by all accounts. Mm. Um, the other thing is Ron Mark is still a minister. He's he's going to be very busy mm. um, during this term. Um, interesting that Shane Jones dropped out of contention. You know mm. he had been seen, seen as the heir apparent, but it could be that again he's busy as a Pretty minister. Time. They'll, it's going to be like the Swiss. They'll he's just sort of rotate through them, <laughs> you know, one after another. The cantons or whatever it is. Um, uh, and meanwhile, meanwhile we've got the Greens who have got their own. Leadership battle and the whitest party in parliament. It does feel, I mean, you know, with um, uh, leading Rangatira David Seymour there too, it does seem like it's hard to imagine the Greens not backing Marama Davidson. Mm. She's probably the favourite anyway, but the the appearance of a Green Party with two Pakeha co leaders. I'm pretty sure too that her blood quantum would would meet um, Barry Soper's approval. What do you reckon she is? She's like maybe a a, a, a 5 out of 12? About 5 fifths of a third. About 5 fifths of a third to the square of Yeah, yeah, to the square of Te Pauri, Te Rarua, Ngāpuhi, Um, I think, something like that. uh, Anything else to say about that green race? I mean, I haven't, I don't know, I don't know What's going on? Presumably, they start hustings at some point. They do actually go and talk to members, right? Anyone got a clue? Yeah, I, I, they I have a so. potluck. A potluck dinner. When do they decide? Oh, it? easy gag. Bring Sorry. back the bridges puns. Sorry. Bring back the bring like bridges. A bridge. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> um, but it, it, actually, if we can just go back to Paula Bennett, I got that totally wrong. I wrote a piece for the spin-off saying she'd be the first to go before Bill English. So, sorry about that. That's okay. I said that Bill English was going to be here at Christmas. <laughs> this is gone by lunchtime. Your um, we're available. <laughs> Listen to our sealed section for other hot tips that you can use at the TAB. Um, hey, what's the name of that podcast that... Um, Oh, first pass the first pod. First pass the pod. Yeah. I had a quick listen to that. I haven't Me finished too. yet. Sounded quite good. The the wine they were drinking sounded delicious. Also, a rosé apparently. Yeah. Sorry, guys, about that. I'm, um, I hope you're enjoying your tap water. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, times tight, listeners. Times tight. Um, is there anything else we need to discuss before we sail off into the humidity? No. The hui starts on Sunday. Oh, the hui starts this Sunday at 9.30 on TV3. Who have you got on? Oh, all sorts of delicious treats for you on the hui. Sounds like they haven't really tied down their lineup <laughs> for the right. hui yet. Is, there every, <laughs> is everything, nothing is confirmed. <clears throat> um, we'll be back with um, a slightly less um, hectic style very soon. Uh, thank you, Ben Thomas from Excelium. Thank you, Annabelle Leap from the hui. Thank you, Alice, for producing. I'm Toby Manhai. That's why me here. Rose, see you next time.
Kia ora e te iwi, te Ahe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.